Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Uh, this is Dan, and uh, Trisha and I have a real treat. We're down in uh, Austin, Texas, uh, visiting my spiritual parents, our spiritual parents, um, but specifically mine um, because uh, Bruce and Chris um, uh, are super, super um, uh, important and valuable in uh, in our story, uh, but specifically in my story um, as I went through a um, a difficult time in my uh, life, my family life. Um, God brought along uh, the Currens, uh, specifically um, Bruce and Chris. Um, and Bruce just really um, spoke a lot of truth into my life. Bruce and Chris spoke a lot of truth into our lives. Um, and they're probably um, you know, the people most responsible for um, where we are spiritually, our marriage, the fact that we actually got married. Um, is attributable to uh, this wonderful, wonderful couple, and uh, and it's it's a neat story. And so uh, we have not um, been together in quite a while, um, just to, you know, as, as our lives have gone on and your lives have gone on. Um, but uh, we've reconnected, and I really wanted um, all of you to um, to get an opportunity to get a, to know Bruce a little bit more and uh, and to share in some of the wisdom that God's laid on his life. And so. Um, Bruce, this is a really uh, big honor and privilege for me to sit down with you uh, and to kind of share you with everybody out there who's listening. So, Bruce, thanks and welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, It's amazing that I'm sitting right across from you, staring at a man that for 30 years I have known and loved and uh, where you came from and what you went through and where you are now. So I'm very honored to be here. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's an honor for me. You've, um, you've gone from, it, it, it's an interesting story. I think just how we, how we connected, um, you know, Trish, it's true. <laughs> Tr- Trisha and I were here, uh, in Austin in school and, uh, we were, uh, dating, looking to get engaged. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were at a, a wonderful church and, uh, I'd asked the church for some different people, uh, to mentor, uh, you know, kind of do some premarital counseling, mentor and disciple us. And they gave me some names and I, I, I knew most of them and I watched their lives. And um, I just, there wasn't anything about those particular couples that was wrong or bad, but there was one particular couple in the church that I was always fascinated by. Um, and it was Bruce and Chris. And um, I, I loved watching you guys. You guys had a real uh, heart and passion for the Lord, a heart and passion for prayer. Um, you were passionate about each other and passionate about just the, the work uh, that the Lord was doing. Passion was a big part of, of that. Um, anyway, so I just remember um, uh, telling Trisha, I said, I really want to approach Bruce and Chris um, and ask them to do our premarital counseling. And so I remember when we, we approached you, um, y- your response was, well, we've never done that before. That's but, true. <laughs> but I had no idea what I was in for. Yeah, but you said, you know what, but we'll pray about it. Mm-hmm. And you went and prayed about it and you came back and you said, yeah, let's do this. Um, and you, you, you know, you invested a lot of time, energy, effort, um, resources, um, and and just spiritual capital into our lives. Uh, and for that, we are, you know, eternally grateful. Um, Well, I think there's something you, you don't know that because it was our first time, uh, doing a premarital that 
we were excited. We were fearful. Um, we came to Christ later in our life, mm-hmm. um, and we really truly were trying to navigate what we could bring uh, to you and uh, Tricia. But the interesting thing was we learned through doing that that we it challenged our marriage, mm-hmm. that there were things that we had studied in God's Word uh, that God has so much to say about marriage and relationships. And we realized as we spoke to you and Tricia that we weren't doing them. And so as we were allowing God, as we allowed God to to na- help us navigate this, not only was he helping us navigate for you and Tricia, he was helping us navigate for Chris and I. Mm-hmm. And so it was a double blessing. And I'm so thankful that 30 years ago we got to do this for you and Tricia because it started on us, us on a road where 30 years later we're still doing it in essence. You know, I, that's one of the things I, I love, I mean, about what you guys did. Um, and I've, I've seen that in my own life is when you, when you teach or when you train or when you disciple or when you mentor, I think a lot of people think, well, okay, that's a person who has all the answers. And, and the reality is, is that's not true. That's a person who's willing to find the answers and then share them. And I think there's a, there's a lot of guys out there um, that are not looking to mentor and disciple other people because they feel like they're ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if, if you say yes to that, if you say, yes, I want to mentor a younger guy, um, that just means that you're saying, yes, I want to explore these questions with you and I want to wrestle these you know, answers with you and I want to provide some of the wisdom that God's given me. But you don't have to have all the answers to the questions. You just have to be available. No, I, I think that what's so important about what you're saying is that uh, we kind of learn as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the scripture says that the Lord writes his word onto your heart. Yeah. And as you fall in love with Jesus Christ, you begin to understand that there's things that you know that you don't know you know. But the greatest thing that I really found in this is it doesn't have to do with chronological age. Yeah, true. It has to do with your love for Jesus Christ and who he is and what his word says he is. And so it was just extremely important for that part of our beginnings to take shape with you and Tricia. Yeah. And we realized you guys didn't know anything. Yeah. That's in true. terms of marriage, <laughs> and that is one area that we could certainly uh, assist you and guide and direct you. And, of course, we realized how much we did know of what God calls for a marriage. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the fun part was the assisting and the guiding and, and the wisdom in, that you provided mm-hmm. and that you helped with. Um, you know, uh, we, we laugh about it, right? But you guys did it in a way that was um, rather confrontational. Um, and yet fun and, and you know at both at the same time we we knew that we were loved by you mm-hmm. um, but we also knew that that love came at a particular cost and that was we had to listen to whatever you told us um, whether it hurt whether it didn't feel good right that that because you were going to speak truth to us and because you loved us 
um, that our part and our responsibility was to be serious about this particular venture. Um, and, and that's what I've always loved about you is over the years, um, you've always been a resource, a person that I could uh, reach out to um, and I could get truth from. Um, and sometimes that truth would come in a way of encouragement. Um, sometimes that truth would come in the way of not really chastisement, but um, a challenge, right? A, a push. Um, uh, you know, you, you can you can do better than that. You're you're better than that. Um, you know, God has made you for more than that. Um, and I think it's just a, an important you know process to to realize that um, we all need people in our lives that are that are speaking that truth into us, that love us enough and love the Lord enough that when they when they open their mouth, like you know, you you prayed right before we started recording, mm-hmm. and it was um, in a sense, Lord, use my mouth. Right, and my tongue and my heart to share and communicate a message um, that can literally transform people's lives mm-hmm. because we do have the power, as Scripture says, right, the power of life and the power of death in the tongue. Um, you and I have an opportunity to speak words that can change people's lives because the Holy Spirit can use that to literally change people's lives, mm-hmm. um, and we can do that in a way that that breaks them down, right, and and destroys them, um, or we can do that in a way that builds them up and and calls them right to be uh, the men that God has prepared for them to be. And I think for so many young men, um, they don't have, in a sense, that person in their life that, that can speak those words um, of encouragement, of constructive criticism to them, to help them become all that God's equipped for them to be. I think the sadness of what you're saying is the truth of where we find ourselves mm. uh, as men dealing with how, how do we walk this walk? And it really, truly all comes down to knowing Jesus Christ. Right. There was a young man here who was brilliant, um, and he knew the Bible better than anyone I had really known. And I was astounded at his ability to recite Scripture. And then one day... There was a change in him, and he came into our house and just literally fell on our den floor. Thankfully, it was carpeted, and he was weeping, and I let him weep, and then I asked him what was wrong, and Dan Panetti looked at me with tears in his eyes and said, I know the Bible but I don't know the author. And that was such a powerful statement, and that, that statement has glued our lives together because that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. That's what older men are here for younger men, to, to let them understand it's a personal relationship with the God of the universe yep. and to know him above all else and he will make your path straight. Yeah. And that's what you did. And I have watched for the last 30 years all that Almighty God and his son Jesus Christ has done in your life and in your marriage and in your children. It's just, it's so soothing to me to see someone who takes that the way you took that and changed not only who he was, I believe the course of your life. Yeah. What would you say to that guy out there that doesn't know Jesus Christ? 
I, it, it really, it, I have found because I have done so much uh, working with young men that it really has to do so much with their background. Yes. To me, I have discovered that family of origin is absolutely a key factor in the development of these young men. Yeah. Whether whether it be agnostic, atheist, no religiosity, mm-hmm. it's it's. What you see is what has been modeled in these lives. And so you have to begin at the beginning. You have to talk about their upbringing. Yeah. You have to talk about their challenges. You have to talk about where they are now mm-hmm. and the struggles they have. Yeah. And then you have to incorporate that you ha- there's an answer for that. Yep. And that book, this book, the book, has the answers for every single thing that's going to happen in your life. Yeah. And they're known. And so if you can begin to unravel some of that uh, early life family of origin issues, Mm -hmm. you can begin to clear some of their thinking and they open their mind. And then you you get to see their heart when they open their mind. And that's where you begin. And I think that everyone, anyone who's out there who's hurting, has to begin to seek answers. You're not going to find them in the world. Christ has the answers in his love, and that's what I think people misunderstand, and they don't truly realize the love of the Savior. Yep. And that's what they need. Yep. It's interesting. You're, you're reading a book that deals with um, the, the, the health and well-being of the soul. Soul. Soul keeper. Yep. Yes. And, uh, and there's, it's, it's a... Um, a different book that I had just finished was about um, J.C. Ryle um, called The True Christian, and he talks about soul care mm-hmm. uh, is the most important thing. And it's mm-hmm. interesting how, um, you know, um, mental health awareness has mm-hmm. become a huge mm-hmm. thing, right? It has. Physical, um, you know, well-being has always mm-hmm. been something that people have paid attention to, mm-hmm. right? You go to the doctor, you don't feel well, um, you should be working out. I mean, all those mm-hmm. different things. And now people have said, you know, the, the mind is mm-hmm. an important thing too, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just be healthy physically if you're not healthy mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where you realize those are both true, um, but you can't be healthy physically and mentally if you're not healthy in your soul. Yes. And and what what does that really mean for people to wrestle with the idea that there's something even beyond our thoughts and our emotions, even beyond just the physical well-being, right? We are we are creatures created in the image of God. And we, we bear, right, that, no. that image um, because we're eternal beings and we have, we have a soul. And, and a lot of people don't ask the questions about how my soul is doing, mm-hmm. right, and how can I um, evaluate that. Mm-hmm. And, and as, as you're saying, right, the concept is, is you don't really know where a person is until you, in a sense, you kind of look them in the eye and you begin yes. to ask questions and you begin to poke and you begin to prod and you begin to realize mm-hmm. there's some stuff going on there. Yes, and and I think a lot of men avoid that, just kind of like they mm-hmm. avoid the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? they do. That's right. You know, yep. lot, you know I've talked yep. to some different doctors, and they'll say, men hate going to the mm-hmm. doctor. Men, men hate finding out bad information. Mm-hmm. So we feel like um, in this particular culture, in this particular day and age, right, we, we just kind of, you know, um, just try to, you know, manage through it, right? We try to yeah. do our best. We just move on. But the, I, I think what comes at the damage of that, right, is, is our souls over the long term. 
right? Well, it, 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 it's true. The, the things that have been disconcerting to me is what I see are in these young people. And I, I go out of my way to meet them or, mm-hmm. or, or engage them in conversation. And over the last few years, when I get comfortable or they get comfortable talking to me, one of the first things out of their mouth is, well, you know I have mental health issues. And I look at them, and in some cases that may be true, mm-hmm. but I realize that we as a country are stamping these young people with a stamp of you have mental health issues. And so, therefore, that is uh, an explanation of your confusion or your behavior or your depression or your anger. And yet I find that that's not necessarily true. They they. People always say, "Tell the, we tell the truth in love. But the truth in love has a variety of meanings. Mm. And when you engage these people who are already in the full belief of they have mental health issues, a lot of it is confusion. Yeah. A lot of it is they have listened to what the world has to say. Mm-hmm. And there's you know a wonderful song by... Uh, elevation worship that says I've searched the world and it didn't fill me and that's what's happening to our young people they're searching and they're not being filled they're not finding answers they're feeling confusion and in pain and and isolation and and so if you can approach them or you can gather them together and you can de- begin to speak about their lives and what they think and what have they been through, what their family of origin is. You can begin to unravel so many things that through God's word that will help them understand that they are okay, that they can proceed, that they can go forward. There is a solution. And really in the end, there is a wonderful joy, a joy because they have found the lover of lovers, they have found the redeemer of redeemers, the savior of saviors, they have found what they were looking for, and that is to be loved. And love is the most powerful force in the entire universe. And that is Jesus Christ. So I'm fascinated by this younger generation. They have just attracted my love, they've attracted my curiosity, they have attracted uh, me in a way that I, I just feel God has got me going in a direction that I, I'm yeah. there, there seeking is something, these There is something people. interesting, because they, I feel like they're, um, they're a generation that is at least scratching the itch. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. they're, they're starting to ask the question, yes. where, where, you know, our generation, my generation, um, you know, you, you ignored it and you went on. The mm-hmm. generation behind us you know, just yep. it's like they got, you know, heavily pursued in the things of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the generation that's younger, right. If you're 20 something and below, mm-hmm. um, you're paying attention, you're watching and you're realizing, I don't know what in the world's wrong with you people, but, um, you know, the bigger house, the bigger car, the nicer job, all that yep. um, doesn't yep. make you happy. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's unfortunate, you know, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, but just you watch so many people who, um, they get what they think they want mm-hmm. and they're worse off than they were before. Mm-hmm. 
And yes. it's, it's, and it's an amazing thing. And, and their lives just begin to slowly unravel and their families fall apart. Um, and they're sitting at the top of a heap of a bunch of stuff that they yeah. don't know what to do with. And, and they're miserable. Yeah. And I think you've got a lot of young people who are kind of looking at that path and they're going, well, I don't want to climb that mountain yeah. Yeah. and then be miserable at the top because that's a whole lot of work for nothing. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. Those young, younger guys are beginning to kind of look at it and say, okay, so w- what do I do? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. What's that path look mm-hmm. like? How do I find what really does make me feel mm-hmm. significant and meaningful and purposeful? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that I'll, I'll talk to and you'll talk to. And the first thing we'll say is, listen, you need to get into church mm-hmm. um, because that's mm-hmm. where the word of God is opened and mm-hmm. taught. And that's where you're going to be surrounded by mm-hmm. a group of older men who yeah. are in the word. Mm-hmm. And, and just the whole idea of going to church for this younger generation is kind of like a, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Right. I haven't seen. That's the key. I haven't seen I the church do anything. seen. Exactly. And, and that, that is really a condemnation of where so much of our church, right. churches are. Yeah. They haven't seen. We're called to go out. We're ta- called to go forth. There was a young musician who said the church has left the building. Yeah. And I contemplated that for a while and realized because of COVID, in many respects, the church has left the building. So what does that leave us? That leaves us that we have to find a path. And we have to ask God for that. Find the path that he puts us on, the road that he has created us to be on. Mm-hmm. And in on that road is where we get if we're observant, and that's my other question, is learn to open your eyes and watch people. See how they're hurting. You can see the pain in them. Those are the people that you're going to run into everywhere. And do you have a solution? Do you have a word for them? Do you have a love and a hunger to help them? Mm -hmm. You know they're broken. You know they're confused. Looking at some of our churches and some of our, our, our solutions that the world has, it doesn't do what it needs to do. Yep. And so I walk around watching and observing, and then I realize I'm, I'm just one person. And Chris does it, and so what, now we're two people, but you, you, you try desperately to get the message out that there is a great deal of love in the, in the right places. And you can, you can get healthy. You can get resolve. You can get understanding. And that's another key word, understanding. Mm. And where do you go for understanding? You can't really go to the people totally ensconced in this world who are fighting for riches and success and position and authority because they don't really care about you. you you've got to find it. Where is the love that you're going to need, and that can only be found in the three words in the Bible that says God is love. And if you can engage in a conversation, and I don't mean say, hey, come to church with me. I don't think that's wrong. But you have to get to know the person in front of you, what they're suffering from or what they're hurting about. You have to get inside their thoughts, and you have to be able to see their heart pain. And then you can address it because of what we've learned through our walks, yeah. our suffering, yeah. and through the Bible. Yeah.
I'm just thinking about a, a, a young guy, you know, and kind of looking, you know, where do I start? And I think yeah. about, um, there's a, there's a story in Acts chapter eight about the Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. um, and he's studying scripture mm-hmm. and he, and he, he has no idea right, what he's reading, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. words, no. words on a page, right? right. What, what does exactly. this mean? And it's interesting how God sends, yes. right? One of his disciples, God mm-hmm. sends Philip and Tell says, me. Hey, go answer this guy's questions. Yes. But I think the idea is if you put yourself in a position where you're saying, okay, God, if you're there, make yep. yourself known. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read the word. And, and here's the thing. If it's your book mm-hmm. and if, and if this is the word of God, mm-hmm. send me somebody, mm-hmm. right. Who can explain it, who can help me understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean sit in a dark room until it happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, go, go find a church that opens up the word of God mm-hmm. and teaches it. Um, go look for a man of God who's mm-hmm. walking, right. You know, in, in a, in a manner that's worthy mm-hmm. of his calling, um, you know, that loves his family, um, that has a joy, as you said, right. Mm-hmm. A joy and a, a peace joy. about his life. Yes. Um, not that, not that he's successful by the world standards mm-hmm. or not that he's not mm-hmm. because that doesn't matter. All right. right? E- either, either one of them. It's like, I, I don't know the circumstances of how you got there. You might've cheated a bunch of people mm-hmm. and gotten rich, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, you don't know, but you, you look at a person who's got that, that joy and that peace. Um, and that passion mm-hmm. for life, and you sit down and you say, "Hey, listen, can you help me understand mm-hmm. um, what it means to be a child of God?" Mm-hmm. And and find some people who can help you answer that question. And there there's an important part to that. Um, so many people they use the word happiness. I want to be happy. Or mm-hmm. There's going to be find happiness here. Happiness is a word that derives from your circumstances. It's what you are currently going through, what you currently see in the circumstances that surround you that are either going to make you happy or sad. Joy. Joy is from the Lord. He has created you. He is joy. Your joy is not subject to any type of um, rebuke or circumstances or uh, conditions. Joy in the Lord is always present. And you just have to understand that it's not affected by your circumstances. Even things were bad. I had to wrestle with cancer. And I took a long time to understand all about that and all about God's word and all about joy. Mm. And joy was always there and walked me through some of some horrific treatment and it's never left me i always have it and it's it's holy (laughs) that's all i can say well i think i think it's interesting because it it is a fruit of the spirit Yes. And, and the spirit produces fruit, just yes. like an apple tree produces yes. apples, an yes. orange tree produces oranges. Right. The Holy Spirit produces his yes. fruit, yes. right? And that's yep. going to be love, joy, and peace, and mm-hmm. patience, and kindness, mm-hmm. and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Yep. And so when you find that fruit mm-hmm. in a person, and, and, you know, the Bible often compares this to a tree. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and when you find that fruit, you know that the root of joy has to be the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right? That's Absolutely. that's always the seed, right? Yes. Is that that's yep. that's a life mm-hmm. planted mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean yep. Colossians talks about hey, being being planted in, being rooted and mm-hmm. built up in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you see a person who's got the root of Jesus Christ, you'll see the fruit of the Holy yes. Spirit. And joy will be one of those things. And it so if you don't powerful. If you, right. Yeah. If you don't see those things, yeah. 
right? Then you, you go, yeah, well, wait you a second. Start yeah. the question. Right. Yeah, wait. Yeah, when I, when I, when I see when I see happiness, yes. right? I see happenstances. I yeah. see circumstances. Yeah. And I go, oh, you had a good day, yeah. right? You, right? You know, yeah. you, you got the deal done. Mm-hmm. You know, something You happened. won the game. You won the game, yeah. right? Yeah. And then tomorrow, you lose the game and, yeah. and the happiness is gone. gone. But when I see the joy, I realize, oh, there's, there's a root there yeah. that that's, if you don't have that root, mm-hmm. um, and, and one of the amazing things, you know, of scripture is, is it talks about the idea that, um, you're supposed to be preparing your life for the trials that will come. Yes, because we know we will have them. We will have them. Yeah. And so if you're not preparing for the trials, right, then when they come mm-hmm. and they devastate your life, mm-hmm. it's kind of the idea of saying, well, you were given a chance to prepare, yeah. right? You've got, you know, Jesus giving the example of the, the men who built two homes, mm-hmm. right? And the homes really are a representation of yes. their lives, yes. right? You built one on yep. the rock. Probably took a lot longer, yep. a lot more time, right? You built one on the sand, probably easy and convenient. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, from the story, you can't tell the difference between the two until the storm comes. Right. And when the storm comes, the one built on the sand is destroyed. Yep. And the one that's built on the rock, who's Jesus Christ, right, maintains That, that is such a perfect explanation of what people are doing today yeah. in mass. Some are building on rocks, some are building on sand, but the... But the interesting thing is, is when the storms come, they will come. Christ said, in this world, you will have trouble. And he is absolutely right. What I have learned and what I try to teach the people that I work with is you're going to experience storms. And some of them are going to be very difficult. I have found really two things. One Suffering removes your shallowness. Mm. It strengthens you. But that has to come with truly understanding the storms, truly understanding the suffering. So many people want to back off and say, it's poor me. I'm a victim, and this is horrible, and it should have never happened. But that's not what it really is, what it should be. And it should be that you look at that and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? Mm-hmm. How do I deal with this? Am I going to be taught something? And if you take that view, you will see that there is something good mm-hmm. for you that came out of that storm and out of that suffering and out of that pain. And I know there's people probably listening, but you don't know. Yeah, I, I do know. I do. I, I've had a lot of suffering in my life. Mm-hmm. And through it all, I have learned that there are some things that I've learned about myself, quite frankly, difficult things, and things that I've learned about how more gentle and loving and kind I can be because everybody's going through things like this. Yeah. And I can love people who are confused and angry. When you lo- lose loved ones, when, when things just don't make sense. I, here's a scripture that says, um, God works out all things, mm. all things for those who love him. And you sit there, and I was going through my cancer, and I must have asked God that question a thousand times. Lord. You said you work out all things for those who love you. Mm -hmm. And I love you. I don't understand. But it was a day by day. And then I got to meet doctors 
in attendants, in nurses, in patients. And we were brought together because of cancer. And I loved them. And they could tell. And it was a beautiful experience for me, and it changed me. Yeah. I'm not the person I was. I, I have a lot of physical issues, but I, I love these people. And I've learned to love, and I learned what the word really means, tell the truth in love. You can do that because people will know you love them yeah. if they see it and they hear it. And they observe it. Well, let's let's stop this one and okay. start another one okay. that talks about just the importance of suffering and how to learn through okay. it. So, appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time. In the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.